Hey everybody, welcome to Come Follow Me Daily Dose. I'm Lindsay Hansen and today is August 26th. Today is the last day of this week's Come Follow Me block. Next week, we're going to be studying 1 Corinthians chapters 8 through 13. Next week is phenomenal. There are just so many wonderful verses wonderful doctrines, wonderful scriptures in next week's block. It's going to be one of those blocks that is going to be difficult for me to figure out what to include and what to pass by because it is all just that good. So I'm really looking forward to next week. I hope you are as well. I hope you'll join us next week. But for now, let's finish up this week's Come Follow Me block by continuing in 1 Corinthians chapter Four. Now, before we get into chapter four, I want to reiterate something that we talked about on the very first day of this week's Come Follow Me block, and that was the state of the city of Corinth, the state of the people in Corinth. The reason why I want to reemphasize that is because we're not really going to talk much about chapters five, six, and seven, and it's not that they're not important. 5, 6, and 7 goes very deeply into the principle of chastity and morality. Paul is going to speak very bluntly and very harshly against sexual sin in those three chapters. And I think it's just so important to recognize and understand the state of Corinth so that we understand where Paul was coming from in those chapters. In fact, the people of Corinth had a huge reputation for their immorality. So much so that when Paul begins talking to them, he says, hey, this has been rumored around. This is what I've heard. Really, everyone had heard it. The name Corinth or Corinthian was synonymous with almost the idea of prostitution or immorality. It was so known that Corinth was so immoral that to call someone a Corinthian was essentially telling someone that they were immoral. You know an entire society is bad and has gone too far into decay when the entire town, the entire group of people is used as a slang for immorality. That really, really tells us something about the people at the time. In fact, Corinth could probably be considered as bad as Sodom was, in its day. But we do have some faithful people here in Corinth, which will spare them that same fate that Sodom had. Again, the reason why I bring this up isn't to kind of harp on that same idea of how bad Corinth was, but just to give you some context as you continue on in your study. And as you look at chapters five, six, and seven, I didn't want you to look at it and be like, oh my goodness, why is he harping on the same thing over and over and over again? He addresses chastity throughout all three of those chapters because immorality was such a generalized problem in Corinth and even among members. Okay, with that understood, let's continue on in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. Verse 7 we read yesterday, but there's a little bit more that I want to take a look at in verse 7. It says, For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory if thou hadst not received it? So essentially he's saying you can't go around 
boasting in yourself and thinking you're better than other people because the gifts that you have, the goodness that you have, the things that you are capable of didn't come because of your natural ability or your natural goodness. You have those gifts because God gave you those gifts. And so why do you feel like you can boast for something that you didn't necessarily do, but that was given to you? I like this idea of these gifts being given to us. It reminds me of what we see in the Doctrine and Covenants. My friends, I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm guilty of this same thing, of recognizing or seeing a spiritual gift in myself and thinking that I'm pretty cool because I can do something or that I have a certain gift or ability or talent that was given to me by God. It's so important that we keep in mind where our gifts come from and for what purposes they are given. I know I've told this story before, but it's interesting. I got a D in high school Spanish, and so I was very, very confident when I turned in my mission papers that I was going to be sent stateside, or at least someplace that spoke English. I was very certain that they would see the letter grade that I got in a foreign language and say, oh, this poor girl cannot possibly learn another language. Let's keep her safe and speaking English. But to my surprise, and not by my own talent, I actually picked up the Spanish language fairly quickly, especially looking back at it. At the time, it felt like it was so slow. At the time, it felt like I would never be able to speak Spanish. And even when I could speak Spanish, it felt like I was making all sorts of mistakes. But looking back on it, I actually spoke fairly competently, fairly quickly. But what's interesting is that every time I would have a day where I was like, ooh, yeah, Look at me. I'm so good. I learned how to speak Spanish. I'm so smart. Every time I started to get cocky about my Spanish, it was like the language had just left my brain. I would struggle all day. I would use the wrong words. I would say embarrassing things. I would be in lessons and just struggling to speak. And it was almost as if God was telling me the same sort of thing that Paul was telling the people of Corinth. Why are you boasting in yourself? Why are you boasting in this gift when it was given to you? It wasn't something that you earned. It wasn't something that you got by your own power. It's something that was given. And my friends, the same is true with all our spiritual gifts. Doctrine and Covenants section 46 verse 9 teaches us why spiritual gifts are given. And it's a good reminder for us to not get boastful in our own gifts or in our own Spanish, right? Starting in verse nine, it says, for verily I say unto you, they are given for the benefit of those that love me and keep my commandments and him that seeketh so to do that all may be benefited that seek or that ask of me that ask not for a sign that they may consume it upon their lusts. So here he's saying, I will give gifts. I will bless you with the gifts that you need so that it can benefit everyone who loves me. It can benefit everyone who is seeking after me. Our gifts help those who seek God to find him. But it says that if we are seeking those gifts for a purpose of signs or boasting or bragging, that the gifts can't come to us. My friends, any gift that we receive, any gift that we use needs to be used for the purpose of glorifying God and building his kingdom. Verse 31 of section 46 says, And again, I say unto you, all things must be done in the name of Christ, whatsoever you do in the spirit, 
and ye must give thanks unto God in the Spirit for whatever blessing ye are blessed with. My friends, we exercise our gifts in Christ's name to glorify his name. Just like his good works glorified the Father, our good works can glorify him as we remember him and as we give thanks for the blessings which he gives. Now, going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the last couple of verses of this chapter are just so amazing. Verse 20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. I love that scripture. I love that phrase that the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. God's kingdom and power in God's kingdom isn't found in just the things that we speak. Power comes in the things that we do and in the way we live our lives. It's kind of like priesthood power, right? You can receive the priesthood, but priesthood power comes through righteous living. My friends, the same is true in all of our lives. Power from God, power in the gospel doesn't just come through word. It doesn't just come through professing. It comes through living, righteous living, doing what our Father in heaven would have us do, repenting consistently, calling upon the atonement of Jesus Christ for strength and for enabling power. It's the things that we do that add power to our lives, not just the things that we say. And my friends, as we seek to live the gospel, as we seek to draw nearer to Jesus Christ, as we seek him in all things, we can receive power and that power will go beyond just the words we speak, but will be part of who we are and how we live. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're enjoying this podcast, make sure to follow us on social media, subscribe, like, comment, or share. This has been Come Follow Me, Daily Dose, and I'm Lindsay Hansen.